What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is April 13th, 2022. This is Fightful Wrestling. This is our post-AEW podcast. This is far from the only AEW content we have this week. We've got so much. We've got Rampage on Friday, big world title match, Battle of the Belt Saturday. But how about this? Thursday, or now if you subscribe to Fightful Select here too, Adam Cole interview ahead of his big world title match. He talks Triple H. He talks about leaving NXT, uh, leaving WWE on good terms, his theme song, uh, Bullet Club Civil War, being six feet tall, which is very important, uh, up, up, down, down, his Twitch. It's a real good interview. It's up now for Tier 2 members of Fightful Select. But we have the notes for the interview, as we do with all of our interviews. We put up early notes on Fightful Select. And even that wasn't all of the AEW news because I posted a big scoop on when the game is targeted to be released for the first ever AEW console video game. All that on FightfulSelect.com as well as some news on the Good Brothers and their contracts coming up. We've got Alex Pawlowski here. You can see him on Sour Graps. You can see him on the post-NXT show. Alex, how you doing? Um, I was I was doing so good, Sean. And then the lights went out. <laughs> and, and, oh, then every, and then everything after that was, was not my cup of tea, let's just say. Buddy, there was some really good stuff on this show, and there was some stuff that I just loathed on this show. And even though I consider this a good episode of Rampage... There was more stuff that I just really did not like on this show than almost any week of Dynamite I can remember in a long time. I still wouldn't call it a bad episode, but I, I do think that this gets graded on a different scale, so yep. to speak. Guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. Uh, if you want your question or statement read on the air, you can donate a super chat here at youtube.com slash Fightful. Please give us a subscribe as well can also uh, go to humperchats.com. And if you say, what the heck is that? That is our Streamlabs and PayPal platform. Uh, if you're not connected to uh, YouTube Super Chats, you can go right over there. And you can leave your question or statement before we even go on the air. So if it's like 4 or 5 p.m. and you go, oh, I want Alex and Sean to talk about this topic. Well, you can do that ahead of time. And our great moderator, Luis, will help us out. We got a whole lot of good stuff Uh in addition to all that coming to Fightful this week, watch Grapsity this week. There's supposed to be some AEW influence on that, or it might be this week or next week. I think it's this week, but uh, also Speedball Mike Bailey on the spotlight on Thursday. So check that out, guys. Uh, but man, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. This show brought to you by NordVPN.com slash Fightful and AthleticGreens.com slash Fightful. Lots to love and lots to not love. But there is an announcement of an announcement. Tony Khan's announcement next week. Daniel says his big announcement is. Pedro says, what do you think it'll be? Well, the fact that this is the first I'm realizing uh, of it means that I must have went and got my little zero-calorie root beer at the wrong time. It hasn't gotten nearly as buzz as most other announcements. What are you thinking? Um, I'm wondering if uh, it'll be um, uh, somebody coming in for the owen you know mm -hmm. like hey it, it's not like not we're signing this person but yeah. they're gonna be in the owen tournament we know they're probably gonna win a few matches in the tournament and they will be signed but it'll be like a a special you know competitor for the owen tournament i wonder if that might be it uh it could be something to do with roh like honestly that's a mm -hmm. thing now now we've seen 
a lot of AEW mainstays and, and an AEW new guy uh, who are uh, ROH champions now. So now maybe maybe there's more announcements of what that's going to be, like how we're actually going to see uh, both guys on both uh, both both um, places uh, coincide. We they got the announcement tonight. Jonathan Gresham is defending it on Battle of the Pelts. So that's a that's a whole new thing. I so love like, it. A lot of stuff. Jonathan Gresham all over the place. He's wrestling on Rebellion next week. My God. Uh, Chris Frazier says, AEW isn't settling for making the product better. They're forcing wrestling crowds to up their game. I've never seen live crowds as passionate and happy. You can't go to an AEW show and come out dissatisfied. You just can't. Oh, well, they tried with the end of this show. Yeah. Now, granted, it was after a very fun match, but that was not a good ending to the show. Yeah. Uh, Daniel says, I thought the show was quite good. Joe and Suzuki was great. I find Yas quite annoying. Well, you should. It says, watching five people constantly beating up three is not that fun. Bring in the backup already. I feel they're trying to drag this to double or nothing. Not for me. So let's go ahead and talk about that. We're going to kick off a show with that since uh, that we should have had that one in there as well. Reese Power says, cool hand Angelo Parker. More like cold feet, that no-shoe-wearing son of a bitch. So <laughs> we had uh, the former LAX roll up on the runway of Yas's private, <laughs> private plane. And they're like, we told you, it's on site. I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love it too. I do. There was, there was very funny. The implications of some of this. This is how real sports entertainers travel. And as he says that, Jake Harriger steps out of the jet shirtless. And I was like, without a shirt? That's how they travel? And also, the fact that, that it was just those three. Garcia and Hager and Jericho getting out of the plane. And, and on the runway, on the tarmac, is a car being driven... By 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 Kingston and Proud and Powerful, and they drive away, and they're splayed out on the runway. Is uh 2.0 is uh cool is Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. So I guess what they drove on ahead, like they didn't they they weren't allowed to fly in the private jet. They had they had to find other means of getting there, and that was their fault. But I did appreciate him. Where are my shoes? And they and then later, 15 seconds later, Jericho goes, Where are your shoes? I thought that was funny. That was a lot of fun. I just love how over the top the on-site thing is right now. And, and the match I thought was was yeah. pretty good. Uh, we've got <laughs> we've got Santana and Ortiz, and they're really getting highlighted here. Uh, but Eddie Kingston taking the pin, I kind of like it. It puts a little bit of sympathy on them. And again, it is a numbers game type of thing. So until the backup arrives, it makes sense for them to lose in this position. Uh, so I'm, I'm not like upset about that or anything. I, I mean, I'd love to see Eddie Kingston go on like some great, great uh, run. But one of the talking points that I loved was all the people who initially thought that Eddie Kingston was wearing a Trump shirt. It was actually a thump shirt. Well, it was, it was certainly in the, in the right coloring and yes. the right font. And I thought that was actually a, a little bit of genius, actually. Chris Rain says, loving Eddie Kingston, paying homage to JYD. He was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. Uh, hell, of a, hell of a wrestler to be paying homage to as well. But I thought this was solid. Thought it was pretty good. I, hel I thought it advanced the story in a smart way. Uh, Taryn Riddick says, can T-Mobile fit two rings? 
figured Yas, Kingston and Friends, and Blood and Guts happens at double or nothing. Um, I would be surprised if it was configured for two rings if they're going to T-Mobile. Because, I mean, like, what good is the extra space if you're not going to use it for asses and seats? Yes. Agreed. I, I They did the Blood and Guts on a Dynamite last year. I figured they'll probably do that again on a special Dynamite kind of a thing where they can... The whole, um, um, maybe it can be like that's these guys' pay per view match, and like the the dynamite before is a is a main. It can be a main uh, selling point of that. Um, I uh, the the build to this match um, and beyond has been so great. I don't know if you saw the four minute video package with was just Kingston. With with uh, his inners, he's standing behind him, and he was just this close to the camera, cutting this amazing promo on Jericho. That guy, like honestly, if there's one dude I want walking next to me as we walk into the fires of hell, it is that guy. If there is one guy I never want angry at me, it is that guy. Eddie Kingston could sell me a ticket to anything, anywhere, anytime. And I understand that the build of this match requires them to keep losing until they win. However, while I'm fully aware I am being worked, I hated, hated, hated the end of this match because I just want Eddie and his buddies to get revenge. I understand that's how Mark. wrestling works. <laughs> I understand that's how wrestling works, but they've per they've perfectly set up something I hate as much as the Yas Society. And something I love as much as Eddie and, and Proud and Powerful. They've perfectly found my area where I can't turn my brain on to realize I'm being worked in the moment. Malachi Black wants to fight Fuego. Hmm. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I love Malachi. He's very, very cool. This is not the way I'd be having him spend his time as we're building toward double or nothing. I, I'm assuming this is a blow off long before then, but um, <laughs> the, the whole like how how hard can we kill Fuego thing was fun for a couple of rampages. Yeah. But now there should be. We, I, I loved the idea. He's, of, he's done almost nothing since he's got signed right. Fuego. Yes. But just, this is fine, too. Yeah. Um, I, I like that he's doing this. He's he's. He's making, he's selling it like crazy. I love yes. the beatings he takes. It's, it's wonderful. It there, are, there are very few guys who can do it that well. The thing of it is, I love the tease they had of, of, of House of Black and the Dark Order and say, us three versus your three best, you pick them. And, and let's, let's figure out who's the darkest in AEW. Like you can find out a way of making that fun. The Fuego thing, I thought we were past, but apparently not. Well, and also, I mean, Cody leaving legitimately did affect Fuego because they had the too fast, too yeah. Fuego thing yeah. that it could have been fun. But yeah. Darby Allen promo, we're getting Darby and Andrade in a coffin match on Dynamite. I am here for that. Uh, what did you think of the little promo that we saw? Um, I mean, it was just, it was one of his student films. Yes, uh, it sure it, was. It was of his student films. That's like there was a point where like I don't know like if they if they filmed it at four in the morning so there was no traffic, uh, or if they actually cut off traffic to film it. Um, but this is all fine. This is all well and good, uh, except for the fact that um, I don't I don't love the Darby say hey you know that match that I always win I challenge you to that match and I feel like that should be like well 
what about a match that I always win? Can yeah. we have that match afterwards? Um, the thing about this is um, this is all well and good for me as long as Andrade wins and moves on to something bigger and better. Because I think Darby's bulletproof. He can, he can take losses. Yeah. But I feel like Andrade has spent a year here without getting gold around his waist, and that needs to change sometime soon. Daniel R. says, my idea, put Gresham on every brand, everything. I mean, he's headed that way. He's all over ROH and AEW and Impact now. Tom LaValle says, Kingston's promo was epic. Him with RJ City on AEW was hysterical. Eddie is the best. I kind of want that new Daddy Magic shirt. Haven't seen the shirt. I'm going to look for it. It's, um, it's pretty great. <laughs> did you see uh, Eddie Kingston on AEW? I did. Oh, my God. It was, it was very beautiful. Good. It was six minutes of perfection. Like it was he says, really yeah, I love the last line RJ City says, in honor of one of your signature moves, how about you spin back here and fist me again sometime? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh man. I just He's saw that ridiculous daddy magic shirt. That's that so is good. hilariously good. Just him. Amazing. He's gonna sell some of those. Nate says. Daddy Magic giving the sports entertainment announcement before Judas and sounding more like a Chicago super fan. Da Bears. That was a good touch, too. Uh, I'll tell you what was a good touch. CM Punk versus Penta. What a fun opening match. It looks like CM Punk is having a blast here. Going like 16, 17 minutes in opening matches of the night, which I love because AEW Dynamite usually starts with a banger that's like, damn, that's good. It really gets you amped up at the start of the show. And uh, I thought this was great. I particularly loved the finish of this match because they went in and out of their finishes. Punk sold the over-the-top Sierra Miedo, which to me, I don't always like. I feel like Penta takes his sweet time an awful lot. But he had the perfect guy in there with it because that guy is in there and Punk's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And then Penta does it right in his eyeball. I thought this was a, a great, great way to do this. There was a botch in the match that Punk made work as well. Um, what, what, how'd you feel about this match? Uh, I, I, I loved it. Just the idea of um, uh, 2014, 2015, when, when Pentagon was taking arms yes. in Lucha Underground. If you told somebody, hey, this guy on this rinky-dink little really cool but artsy but nobody watches little promotion on TV that you love, that guy versus CM Punk, who's now an, a, a year out of WWE in an entirely different thing that it doesn't even exist yet, like in front of a crowd's reaction like this that we got tonight, it, it would be crazy. It's amazing that, that like, what a, what a time to be alive as a wrestling fan where this kind of thing is possible. I, I, I loved it. I love Punk saying, hey, who wants to fight me this week on Dynamite? Yes. And everybody replying, like, me, me. And he's like, how about you, Pentagon? I, I love I love this. And I also love that it was kind of just like a little one-off. Like, it's not the build to another feud it's not has nothing to do with what pentagon's been doing with house of black or anything else it's just one match and i i thought it worked really really well a lot of people wondering if punk is hurt or not i'll find out uh regardless he made the best of the match i thought miguel says punk versus penta was pretty good red dragon express wasn't disappointing team taz versus lee and swerve was fun suzuki and joe was entertaining but wtf was that ending great aew showing 
Now back to working hard at work. Ha ha. I, I mean, that pretty much sums it up for me. Although there were a few things I thought were not good on this show. Um, altogether, though, like, I don't need an amazing show to be happy that I watched a wrestling show. Passable's fine with me. Like, I want to like all this stuff regardless. Uh, but I, I did like, especially how you mentioned, Punk just being like, who wants to wrestle me next week? Let's make it happen. Yep. That was perfect. BCC and the Ass Boys on Rampage. Well, uh, I think the Blackpool Combat Club are going to win this match, Alex. I do too. Um, I would be very surprised if they did not. I love that they're like, as a trio, they're undefeated. Like they're putting out that the gun club has never lost in a trios match. Okay, fine. They're about to lose one on Friday. But I love the the different style of all the members of, of, of comedy club. Basically, Regal is so happy about everything happening in his life. He basically dances a jig. Every time he talks to Tony Schiavone, he's like, oh, I'm positively busting Tony Schiavone. Well, we're going to beat somebody up this week. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and and then we get um, uh, Danielson. It's the first time we've heard Danielson talk in like a month. Mm-hmm. I just love that they're, they're, he's, he's, he's the perfect wrestler who doesn't always need to talk just because he's the perfect wrestler. I thought that was a really, what, what he said made sense. I love Moxley like poking his head around to like say, hey, by the way, we're totally going to kick these guys. I think they're a bunch of goofs. I don't like goofs. I like kicking goofs ass. And I think that was great. And then Wheeler Yuta being no nonsense, the young the young lion member of the group. It's all beautiful. Give me, give me this for eight to 14 months before you ever think about splitting them up. We had a hook interview, technically. He throws a medicine ball. Danhausen catches it when he tries to curse him. That's Danhausen's thing. He's trying to curse Hook. Harmless. A great way to add a little bit of uh, charisma and flavor to the Hook segments. Hook cannot be arsed about this. Nope. And you're promoting Hook for next week. Cool. Fuego says if Fuego or uh, Nathan says if Fuego ends up in dark order, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you mean dark order or House of Black, but. Uh, Dark Order. I think he'd fit in with Dark Order, actually. I, I think he'd be perfect for Dark Order. A bunch of Marty wear masks. Yeah, I mean, I think that he'd be a great addition to Dark Order. Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm. So there was something I liked about this, but I want to get to Lord Jackson's uh, Humper Chat first. It says, the fact that Tony had extra time and seven matches to work with, still only gave the women one incredibly short match, was ridiculous to the point of insult. Give them more time. They have world-class, legitimate talent that's barely used. Hire someone who will book them properly, like a Gail Kim or Maria Kanellis, because the division feels frustratingly token with how little TK cares. That said, I like the hater storm build is consistent every week. More of that, please. So we will address plenty of this with the Marina uh, and Sky Blue match, but I do like that the hater storm build is consistent, and there's one thing I particularly like about this. Tony didn't say anything. It was uh, Jamie Hayter, and there was a little thing, whether it was intentional or not, when Tony walked away, she goes, of course she walks away, because that's what Tony did in WWE. She walked away from WWE. I thought that was a nice little thing, whether intentional or a happy accident, that was a good little sh- little jab that Jamie Hayter had there. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I love that Jamie Hayter's like, selling this whole thing. And and Tony's like, yeah, well, we'll see about that. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything, 
but that's that's her whole thing. Like her her smiling at Jamie Hader and walking away from her is a bigger insult to Jamie Hader than anything she could have said to Jamie Hader. And I like that that's the way they're building this right now. I'm I'm fr- frankly I'm kind of shocked that they're doing this in the first round. I yeah. thought this was like this felt like a oh you you this felt like a you look at the brackets and you see that down in the quarter or even the semifinals, there's a Tony Storm and and Jamie yeah. Hayter match on the horizon. I did not think they were going to take one of these two women out of the tournament this early. But I'm I, the thing about the whole, and I agree, like giving the, the women one match, four minutes or whatever it was on a dynamite, it's, it's not it's not okay. I'm yeah. I'm hoping that the Owen tournament will alleviate a lot of that because I don't think that those matches are going to be this short, but is never an excuse for only doing the one match if it's going to be that short. Yeah, and uh, this is a method that a lot of MMA tournaments have taken lately because back in, the, like, I don't say back in the day, like 10 years ago, they would put together tournaments with a clear idea of a match in the finals. But it would never happen because somebody would always get upset. So now the smart promoters are like, we're just going to do a big match in the first round. Then one of them's got to win as opposed to both of them losing or one of them losing. And I like this. They're like, if y'all got such a big problem with each other, we'll just do it now. So uh, I, I like that approach. I did not like the approach of the Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose promo. Now, Dana says, I like cake and violence just like Nyla. Zach says, Nyla and I have a lot in common. I too love cake and violence. Mostly cake, though. I love that line. And Nyla is really great. Mm-hmm. And Thunder Rosa is really great. Yep. They do not need Vicky or cakes or all this other bullshit. And I like immediately the first thing that I thought of was Tony Storm got a fucking fi- pie hit in the face with a pie. Right. Like, I, I don't need the cake. I, I need two badass women yeah. ready to fight each other. Did I did I miss did Tony did did Thunder get cake in her face too? No, she threw okay. it. She hit Nyla because in the face with it. I appreciated a couple of things to start out with. One, Nyla saying, Here's we got you a cake. Uh we were gonna get writing on it, but that costs extra, and frankly, you ain't worth it. I thought that was a very clever, cute little line. And also Thunder Rosa being like smart enough to realize you got a cake so you could put my face in it. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to put your face in it. I thought that was fine. The thing about it is, is that I don't understand why they're doing any of this. Like you could figure out a way to do something different because the match is on Saturday. If I, mm-hmm. Unless I'm wrong, it's being taped on Friday and then it's over. This feud isn't continuing past that. Sure. They're going to give somebody else to Thunder Rosa for double or nothing. So all of this was just like, you, you had her win. You, you delayed our gratification by having her lose at, at, at Revolution. You had that amazing cage match where she got a huge reaction in San Antonio. And since then, I feel like you've basically done nothing with your new women's champion who everybody loves. Like, it's been a month now. Like, you, this is not okay. The only way I'll be okay with this segment in retrospect is if this is what splits Vicky and Nyla. Yeah, her Nyla hit Vicky. Blinded by cake, Nyla. And it's like, like to to me, what I'd do is just book something good. 
but it, it's one of those things. If you got to take one step back and then three forward. All right. All right. Uh, Todd Allen star says barely existent women's segments. Great Kali version two. Why this company does so much right with, with, but when the bomb, when they bomb, they bomb hard, probably from high expectations. Let Rosa talk. Rosa is naturally likable. Um, and they, they don't generally let her talk for a long time and they don't need to let her talk for a long time because what got her over was she was a badass that wanted to beat up people and she followed the rules doing that. Britt Baker DMD is the opposite. Chris Rain says, so excited to get Britt back on television and for your interview with her. She's facing Danielle Camella next week. Um, I have an interview with Dr. Britt Baker DMD, uh, next week. Uh, and it's a good one. It is a good lengthy interview that we did in Lexington at Comic-Con, and um, I think that you guys are going to like it a lot. We'll have some early notes on Fightful Select, but uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to like it an awful lot. I did not like Marina Shafir and Sky Blue, and a lot of people thought that I believed it was the second coming of Okada Omega because I said... Marina Shafir is going to be very good one day. And I believe she's going to be very good one day for a number of reasons. She's got great body language. She's got good facial expressions. She needs more facial expressions. She's gotten in incredible shape. Uh, She's got that judo background. And what that does is open her up to a lot of offense that a lot of wrestling fans haven't seen to the point to where some wrestling fans thought that the stuff that she did was botched. It wasn't botched. Sometimes judo throws just land you on your hips, your back, your high back, stuff like that. That being said, the chemistry here wasn't good. The roll through at the end wasn't it. I think that probably a more experienced opponent should have been in there with Marina Shafir during this match. And beyond that, the whole baddie section thing was just, that there was way too much time paid and attention paid to that. That like brought everything to a halt. This match already wasn't going to get a big reaction because it was between a lot of really hot stuff. And you got Marina out there in front of a crowd in front of a lot of people for the first time ever. It was as Riza says, it did not need more time. It was a train wreck. You could hear a pin drop. I wouldn't call it a train wreck. I just don't think it was good. I don't even think it was the right thing to book here and they're building marina towards jade i hope it's on a taped show just because i mean that that would make a lot of sense to do it's just this 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 should have been the squash the quick in out squash and then maybe she pays attention to the jeering of the baddies after the match or maybe as she's walking to the ring she notices them and she notices them jeering she beats the living fuck out of whoever she's in there with quick then goes up to them on the way back. I just feel like this was booked all out of order and it minimized whatever it could have been. Alex, what are your thoughts? Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, I, I think that the baddies thing that they're trying to do with, with, uh, with Jade um, has some potential, like they're they're now aligning. It looks like Kira Hogan and Red Velvet. They're part of the baddies, so they're like, if if we're given like Jade her own stable, like I'm I'm into that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that um, is cool. Um, so that's that's interesting. 
and I think that was this was this whole thing is this match wasn't even about the match. It was about like, hey, Marina Shafir can can break somebody's arm if she wants to. Also, hey, look at the baddies as opposed to an actual match. And that's that's not what like I I love your idea of she walks in, she takes note of people jeering at her, she immediately destroys Sky Blue, like in 15 seconds. But then the one match you had gave the women on the show isn't two minutes, it's 15 seconds. So you got to figure out a way to make this the second women's match and give us an actual women's match on the show somewhere else. And and that's that becomes a problem. There's a lot of catch-22 about uh, AEW booking where I say, I wish they wouldn't have done this. Well, if they don't do this, then they got to do something else as well. And yep. then it becomes, they have, this, this card was so jam-packed. They did not have a lot, have a lot of time wiggle room to do a lot of other things. I would have had uh, Marina Shafir come out, like I said, walk by that baddie section. That's when you see Red Velvet and yep. and uh, Kiera out there. Marina's like, "Okay, I see you all," and then they're jeering her. Maybe she looks back and she's like, "Hold on, I'll show you something." And then she beats the ever loving shit out of somebody in like a minute. In like a minute, because you're building her up for another dominant person. We don't need to see an extended beatdown of her constantly reacting, constantly reacting. This didn't play to anybody's strengths, not a single person's strengths. And then after she whips that ass, you see Jade backstage, who hasn't been paying attention. And now she is. Now she's paying attention. And Marina gives it a little look that could have maximized everything. Yep. Oh, what a bummer. Uh, RH says, Shafir Blue was a bit clunky. I think Marina will be fine versus Jade. Swerve, Keith Lee, Hobbs, and Starks ticks all my boxes. Also, Joe, Joe, Joe. Yeah, and um, Sawyer says, 125 minutes and women still got three minutes of wrestling to crickets. No amount of Suzuki chops are worth this disrespect. Listen, Sawyer, I'm with you. Mash wasn't good. It wasn't put in a smart in a good spot, and it was two people that, quite frankly... I don't know if it was a good place to to put that at. Sky Blue's in Chicago. She's going to get a white-hot reaction. She wasn't there. That wasn't where she was. She was in New Orleans. Eloquent says, Sky Blue was not the right dance partner for Marina. Big fan of hers, but I think she should have squashed her. Me too. Should have been a straightforward squash. Maybe put Marina in there with someone more experienced. Now, I don't want to use any of the Joshi women in that spot because you want to protect them as well. But there are some experienced women out there who are probably uh, TV, TV. Like there, there are a whole lot that that got released from WWE last year. Nerd Guru says, "I know Kate isn't on any pods tonight, so here's my money for an epic rant. She would have cut on the poor treatment of AEW booking. I think we went on it. I think we did it. <laughs> but uh, make no mistake, like just because I said Marina Shafir is gonna be good one day does not she mean will. that I thought this match uh, listen, the is presence, good. the presence she had walking out slowly with that dead-eyed stare, like like she's she's gonna be she's already got the right presence for this character. Now we just need to see her in the ring with some people who aren't who are more experienced than Sky Blue. That's all you says. Did uh AEW signed wrestler Red Velvet kayfabe buy a ticket to watch from the crowd instead of supporting ringside. Don't be silly. No, uh, Jade Compter. Yep. The Hound says, felt like this show got progressively worse after the MJF segment. Not usually very critical of AEW and want to let things play out, but this Nyla feud, Marina Jade, and whatever the hell that finish was, was too much WDB for me tonight. 
so when Tony had said like, oh, we're going to go mainly in ring, I was like, rad. <laughs> well, it wasn't, again, wasn't a bad show, but there was some rough spots for sure. Shot Kid says, do you think part of the problem is TK for some reason has been gun shy on signing women? Diamante has been on dark for God knows how long. I don't know why she hasn't been signed. Um, but I mean, she's probably making more money in AEW than she would have an impact. WWE is not going to sign her at this point. ROH is AEW. But um, there are a few women I think they should sign. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a, a couple. Mark Quill says, at this point, something has to change with AEW's women's division because three years of lousy booking that division simply is not going to cut it anymore. You, you got to give the women some of these stories that you're giving the men. Or, listen, I, I've said for a long time, there are stories that succeeded with women that you can try out with men and like just the gender change is enough for people to go, that's fresh. Or there's a, there are tried and true stories that have happened with men. Try them with women, see if they work anchor, anchor your, your wagon to that red dragon against Jurassic express. James Boris says, I don't know if there are more hot, if uh, there are more hot tags than Luchasaurus right now, this match, Humped. There was some great tag team action that like wasn't actually double team moves, like the Super Falcon Arrow over top of the guillotine. Yeah, that was nice. Because I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna land on them? And then he went over, and I was like, oh my god, this was a blast to watch, Alex. Yes, uh, it it truly was. Um, Red Dragon are are the definition of just absolutely rock solid veterans they'll they will like here's the thing about kyle o'reilly and how good of a, of a wrestler he is that guy hid von wagner's faults when they were a tag team like he made von wagner look like a good tag team wrestler because he was tagging with kyle o'reilly so like like him and bobby fish back together like they're they're they just they they communicate telepathically uh and i i i think that um frankly i was actually i kind of thought they might actually do the, the title change here just as like a, Hey, we did this thing. Turns out they did another thing at the end of the show, but like, <laughs> like the, um, the, but a big, um, title change on a weekly dynamite might be it. Um, I'm now I'm looking to see where we go from here. Uh, because red dragon just straight up lost. And now they decided to do a little beat down afterwards. Um, but, uh, they straight up lost. And now we see next week, we're going to get Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy. And I think you got to have Kyle go over in that match. Otherwise, it's just just loss after loss after loss. I think this feud is continuing in some way. So you have Kyle O'Reilly maybe via chicanery, maybe via Bobby Fish interference, beats Jungle Boy. That pisses off Jungle Boy. And maybe we get another one of these down the line. FTR come out after this Ooh, match. That was good. Oh, that baby face reaction that they got for that ridiculous theme song of theirs yep. was amazing. And I love that, that 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 we had both we had Red Dragon pointing at the ROH titles. They want those titles because those are their titles. And meanwhile, FTR are out there for any number of reasons. Oh, sure. Because they're baby faces yeah. and because they're a set of tag titles they want in the ring. They would they would like nothing more than to be three belts FTR. The reality is there's a real good chance that by the end of next year, these two have won the Impact and New Japan tag mm -hmm. titles as well, yes. and they deserve it. I hope so. And I already think they're one of the best teams, period, ever. 
Uh, but if you add those accolades, we're talking NXT, Raw, SmackDown, uh, IWGP, Impact, AAA, ROH. I mean, they have the opportunity to check an awful lot of boxes. And if I were them, I'd say, hey, Tony, let us go win those NWA titles just for the hoot of it. Just for the <laughs> hoot of it. I would love it. I, I would I, love it. So adding to their accolades is how ridiculously over they are as baby faces while spending literally every single day of their careers up until this point as heels. Like, like it's just, they just decided to flip the switch and everyone watching said, okay, we'll go with you. Whatever you want, we'll, we'll go with you. And, and that's, that's reserved for a very, for very special acts that can just switch. They can switch and carry every single member of the audience with them. That was that this is they got a huge pop coming out just to walk around on their street clothes. They, they haven't changed anything. Nope. <laughs> they haven't changed anything. And that's what they said at the scrum. They're like, we can't because then like that's that's not what got us over as baby faces. Yeah. Tom says FTR need to be AEW champs ASAP. They are so over. They are miraculously over. RH is Bobby Flying Fish. That Falcon Arrow was great. We talk about Sting diving off of stuff. We got 234-year-old Bobby Fish doing Falcon Arrows from the top. Uh, One of the reasons I thought they might put the titles on Red Dragon is because you want to to harness this FTR thing. And if they're so over as babyfaces, you don't want them beating Jurassic Express right now. So if you have Red Dragon cheat-ish to beat Jurassic Express, then you can do... F like FTR versus Red Dragon, which like hello, that's that's another dream match, and and if FTR beats them, then all of a sudden you could have them be be champions. And if the reason that they beat Red Dragon is because the Young Bucks don't like Red Dragon, well, there you got your Young Bucks and Red Dragon match that you can go and and start doing for a couple of months as well. Well, whether you're in your mid twenties like Jungle Boy or you're two hundred and thirty four years old like Bobby Fish, make sure you get your multivitamin. In a much safer way. I bet Alex is drinking this right now. I bet Alex is drinking Athletic Greens 1. You can use athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Get one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. How about this? They have they have changed their formula 53 times over the last decade and counting, which means every couple of months they are advancing their formula. They're not just sticking with what brought them to the dance. And one scoop of AG1 has 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in a convenient daily serving. Not just that. If you talk to any nutritionist, they'll tell you drinking your multivitamin is a lot better than taking one of those tabs that pass through your system. And AG1 fills the nutritional gaps in your diet to help support energy, focus. It aids with health and digestion in your gut. And it supports a healthy immune system and replaces multiple products with one healthy drink. Like I said, athleticgreens.com slash Fightful gets you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. This stuff is great for when I am on the road. I just take it empty it into my bottle of water, and I'm good to go. Shake it up. It's got one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or nothing artificial. That's what uh, one of the big benefits of athleticgreens.com slash Fightful is. Love them. Got me feeling great. My diet wasn't so hot after uh, WrestleMania, and got back on my AG1, and I'm feeling as good as new. You are not Robert D. Felice. 
you're definitely not Robert D. Felice. It's not all three of us. That's for damn sure. Where where are you? There you are. I should probably move that up to the top. Let me find my notes here. I uh, I thought I would too, but I realized that uh, that was going to not not be possible. <laughs> I, you know what? I wanted during the pandemic era for Cesaro to start doing the swing, them to go to commercial. Yes. And since there's nobody there, Why not? come back and he's doing it. Sure. Or a vertical suplex with somebody, hold him up the whole time. Yep. I think that'd be great. I think that would be really, really awesome. But alas, it didn't happen. Nope. As you mentioned, O'Reilly, Jungle Boy, Owen Cup match. I love this. Give me stakes. I love them. Shazarn says, maybe it's just me, but I like that none of the new AEW imports have won belts yet. A nice change from how WWE blows their spots too early. The new signees can be in other feuds for the next year easily. I don't know that I've seen WWE. I mean, WWE hasn't necessarily had too many new imports over the last few years. And then like Lashley was, he came in with a boom. Then he was feuding with his sisters. So I don't know necessarily it's a WWE thing. It was certainly an impact thing for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, Eric Young, it was the right decision, but Eric Young got released by WWE and the first night he came back to TNA or impact, he won the title. Right. Well, uh, the other thing that they can they, that the the biggest attraction among among a certain segment of the IWC is oh, they're just they're just a bunch of WWE rejects. And if you look at who's on top, it's all AEW originals or or, or Thunder Rosa, who's never been in WWE. So you know, like that that I think is is part is part and parcel of, of what's Buddy, good about that. I am happy that Joe Burrow is about to be protected by that Dallas Cowboys reject Lyle Collins on the <laughs> offensive line. I am stoked. I am happier than a pig in shit. And this is a Super Bowl winning team that took somebody's leftovers. Yeah, their reject. Give me that all day. If they're good, they're good. I don't yeah. care. Nerd Guru says, Alex, did you fix the light or just move over some? Good luck with the move. Oh, uh, uh, my one of my my uh my my fluorescent tube above my head burned out during the NXT show. So all I had was this hanging bulb over here for oh, half no. of it. And then I went and I was like, there's just a box of random fluorescent tubes, and six out of seven of them also burnt out. This oh, is the no. last one we got in the house. So w- will your new place have somewhere where you won't require fingerless gloves or not? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. We move, we're moving to a four bedroom. So, so one of them is going to be like nice. a little. It's going to be my wife's office during the day when she works, and at night it's going to be my studio. Oh, one of the the biggest benefits of me moving. People have said that they hear like a little less reverb and echo. I've got honest to god carpet on my floors now. <laughs> well, that'll help. I don't have a, a flat area rug from two thousand two yeah. that is now harder <laughs> than the hardwood underneath it. Yeah. Like it, it's it a uh, change of scenery helps a lot. Yeah. Jarluck says, don't really want to see Sammy win the TNT title again. Three times in a year seems excessive. Instead, have him lose. Sky celebrates. Get Miro's horns of war and have him come out and say, I have come for what's rightfully mine. I hope, but uh, I don't think he's going to be there this weekend. But um, I think this might be, yeah, is it, yeah, I don't think he's going to be there this weekend. I could be wrong. Unless they got something late planned. Listen, the thing, the thing that, that I, I miss Miro too. Yes, but it is it is imperative to me that when he comes back, he comes back as a conquering champion. 
Like, I don't want him coming back and having like a little stop start action or whatever. Like, he should come back with a big special storyline for him, and that should involve him putting a belt around his waist in about six weeks or less. So I don't want unless unless you're ready to actually take that title off of Scorpio Sky, and it feels a little early to me to do that. Like maybe you wait until you because I love the idea that Miro doesn't want anything else. He just wants that title because that's his title. That's his God-given birthright. And I yes. you could you could keep him out of the top title picture for a while if you do that. Yeah, I don't want to see Sammy win again. And I hope that like I posted he needs to turn heel. And he said, No, nah, I'm good. I hope that's an angle. Hope it's a bit. <laughs> really hope it's a bit. Yeah. Colt says the combo about the women's division has been the same for years now, yet nobody really pushes TK in interviews about it and let it slide. You think there's a professional way to push him on that? Most of the people he does interviews with aren't going to push him on that. They're people mm-hmm. usually that he does interviews with pretty regularly. So um, <clears throat> I asked if they were surprised that uh, that he didn't get more questions about Big Swole in interviews. And like, no, not really. A lot of those people didn't even hit their radar. So right. Um, no, I, I, I just think that I don't think that's going to happen. I think it will on, on the calls and on, yeah. in scrums, it gets asked a lot, but sure. MJF and Sean Dean too. Sean Dean is the pinnacle killer and I love it. Um, I just, all four of the ingredients involved in this MJF, Sean Spears, Sean Dean and Wardlow have been. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Killing it. All of them have played their roles perfectly. Wardlow, after Sean Dean and MJF are outside the ring, he pulls off that mask, and the fans next to him helped make it because they're like, oh, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill MJF. I thought they were really, really great. And I thought that this was a great way to end it because the countout makes sense here because – MJF did not want to go back in that ring and get anywhere near Wardlow. Wardlow ran through 400 security guards until he couldn't anymore. He didn't get to powerbomb Sean Spears because that will be saved for a match in the future. So you're building that match too. Sean Dean gets another win. MJF tries to bribe Bryce Rimsburg. Bryce Rimsburg gets over because he doesn't accept it. Mm -hmm. MJF loses in the same way. You can do this match again in the future and it makes sense i thought this kicked ass i thought everybody did great i cannot underscore how important sean spears has been to this he has been the perfect just piece of shit yes um i i loved the detail of cutting to the back uh on the on the tron and seeing all the security guards laid out and one of them is oddly shirtless and that and that and that being a very weird little detail for about 45 seconds until we see a guy stride up to the barricade while MJF has his back turned to the barricade wearing an AEW security shirt and then he removes the mask and it's Wardlow so he stole a security guard shirt 
so he could pass through. That's just great. That's just great, like, storytelling, right? I love that. And then when he chases MJF, he belly slid through the entire ring to try and cut him off. That was great. The, 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 um, for lack of a better term, the blue ballsing that we're getting for him being able to powerbomb the men that he hates is great. Um, I love, I love um, MJF. Like when, cause you, cause he can't get in the ring cause he's got to walk through an entire sea of security guards and get past Wardlow to get back in the ring. So he says, Ramsburg, I will pay you triple whatever TK is paying you. If you just don't count to 10. And I love that Remsburg considers it, looks to the crowd and goes, 10. That was just great. All of it. And I love what they're setting up for next week. So this has gone a little under the radar, but uh, yeah, Sean Dean beat MJF. He won like three matches on Dark as well. The only person to beat him in a singles match is Scorpio Sky over the last few months. Nice. I want Sean Dean to get like a title shot on Rampage. And like that just kills MJF. Yeah, He's so mad about it. Because he's yeah. going to end up ranked soon as a result. Nerd Guru says Wardlow, Wardlow is man, bun, Hulk. And Numlock says uh, Dean is the pinnacle killer. Chris Rain, salute to the captain. And uh, <laughs> Mike Preventure says, I hope it is revealed that Sean Dean is intentionally hiring subpar security to ensure Wardlow <laughs> can interfere in his matches against the pinnacle. Because he does hire the extra he talent. Does. He does. Oh, God, that would be amazing. That would be really good. That would be a nice nod. Uh, Miguel says, SRS, smart Mark Sterling is MJF's lawyer gimmick where MJF is going to hear bad news and Wardlow goes ape shit when his contract is up. Seems like bang on the button prediction you're going to get soon. I want it to. Yeah. So bad. MJF, next week or, or soon he's putting him up against the Butcher. Listen, next, next week love the Butcher. Yeah. He's great. Should have been Butcher and the Blade, both of them. Well, well this, is, this is what I think they might do. Because I, 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 I do think that they have these ideas of like, okay, so ah, it's this instead. So they say that that because he's under contract, because Wardlow's under contract to MJF, he can wrestle whom, whomever and whenever MJF tells him he has to. Yeah. So he says, who's, who's who better than, than, to, than to slice up a pig but a butcher? Yeah. And that's when the butcher comes out. Next week, butcher comes out. And MJF's on commentary. Wardlow's ready to face the butcher. Says, "You know what? I realized that a butcher is going to have a hard time slicing up a pig yes. without a blade." I and agree. then the blade comes out, and it's a two-on-one handicap match. Because I mean, MJF has got to recognize Wardlow. He beat the shit out of CM Punk. Like he yeah. would have beat CM Punk. So yeah, I, I thought this was really, really good stuff. Uh, Miguel says Gresham versus Miro for the ROH title is something I need. Oh my God. That's a match. I hadn't even, hadn't even hit my brain waves. Yeah. Whew. Let's talk about something I liked a lot. Swerve and Keith Lee against team Taz. So Daniel R says, AEW uses interference cheating too much for me. I get it, Daniel. I liked it here. Ricky Starks got the biggest, awesome like ricky stark's reaction he could have gotten in his hometown and they had his team win he didn't win but his team won and he fired up like a baby face during the match which i love because why would he not those are his right. people chris rain says swerve with the moonsault off keith lee's chest had my jaw drop swerve is going to do so many things that amaze you guys 
I like Keith Lee eating a pin here. He doesn't have to be invincible. The numbers game got to him, and there ain't no shame in losing to Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks to me. Like, sometimes good wrestlers just lose to other good wrestlers, and that's okay. It's a matter of where it goes after this. I want to know your thoughts because um, I know you, you covered a lot of sour Keith Lee booking for a while. I did. Um, I I love this. I love it so much. Uh, Swerve and Keith Lee immediately fit together. They are they are perfect together. The as as, as the moon salt off of Keith Lee's chest to the outside, uh, just by itself, amazing. They had a they had a, a combination uh, strike thing where they were like pinballing Ricky Starks back back to 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 each other. There was the one where like um where where uh, Swerve like threw um uh, Starks into the path of a pounce, and then there was one they didn't actually hit because I think they're saving it for when they actually do some when actually win this this match. They had Starks on Keith Lee's shoulders and Keith Lee was about to golden spirit bomb him. And, and at the same time, Swerve was up on the top rope and he does a big double stomp thing. So they were going to do a power bomb, double stomp combo to Starks, but it got broken up. I want these guys to be tag champs. And not only do I want okay. them to be tag champs, I want them to be singles champs at the same time. I don't know when this is going to happen. There's like six teams in the queue. that I want but no, tag but That's the thing. I'm I'm saying like like early 2023, you could run absolutely for like four months a two man power trip type of thing with Lee and Swerve and them each having a tie a singles title and them having the tag belts like you could run the whole company built around these guys as an act. They're both so charismatic. They can both talk. They can both work. Like you could you could run them as either face or heel. They could they could easily get over as either thing. There's a there's a bunch of stuff that you would have to get, get through before that's a, there's a place on the card for that kind of thing that would open up. But I'm telling you, if there was a point where they said, you know what, it's gonna be Keith and Swerve's world for a few months, this this place would not suffer in the least if you decided to hand the keys over to these guys as a duo. They're great together. Chris Rain says that Swerve and Starks have amazing chemistry. That they do. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people in this match had great chemistry. And I mean, I know Hobbs and Lee went into this. I know at least on one side, there was a little animosity coming in to, oh, to, sure. to hear because of uh, how things had went in the past. And they have worked together great. Yeah. Nerd Guru says Keith Lee should dethrone Scorpio Sky easily. Maybe. I, I, I hope Scorpio Sky wins this week. I really do. TNA for life says never thought I'd want my man Keith Lee in a tag team, but him and Swerve work together perfectly. I'd watch their team every week happily. There is like the big man, fast man dynamic to that. I mean, Ricky and Hobbs too. And I mean, that it's just perfect. It, it I love Ricky really and Hobbs. I, I, I think the story of Ricky and Hobbs looking like they were not going to get the job done and, and Taz taking it upon himself to come yeah. down and say, not on my watch. I don't love like people getting involved in like the, the grabbing of the boot leading to the to the to the end. The problem, I, the reason I don't love it because I see it literally four times a week on WWE. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that often in AEW. And if I can just remove my mind from saying all wrestling does this all the time, and yeah. say this felt like it was a storyline driven thing that was good, 
then I can get past it. Now on tonight's show, we did have this finish. We had the, the Yas finish. We had the count out finish. It was, there was quite a bit there in that first regard. ever count out on, on dynamite. Like <clears throat> that. Nobody ever lost by count on dynamite yes. before. I love that. I do too. Phillips says still at the arena. Ricky got a special moment with BCC against the acclaimed. Not sure if it's going to be canon or not. That's cool. I love that. that like, nice. do, do that. Make the crowd happy. Yeah. Nerd Guru says Lee and Swerve should have every and all titles because they are magic together. But the finish of that match sucked. If Ricky got the pin, sure. But he didn't. Plus, an interference didn't love that. Keith Lee, I mean, well, in AEW, when it happens, it, it's done less. Not, not nearly as little as it should right. be with the interference. They do lean on interference a lot. But they they had fallen into a lot of distraction stuff, a lot of interference stuff, and they moved away from that from leaning on it too much. They they love to do um, the long storylines where the faces can't quite get over until they get over and they win the feud. They love to do that. It's very old school stuff. That's what TK's into. The fact that they ran the same chapter of two different feuds and two different tag matches on the same night, maybe they could have planned for that a little bit better. But having um, having Jericho hit Kingston in the back with the bat to give them to, to extend that feud at the same time Taz interferes and costs Keith Lee to extend that feud on the same night within the same hour feels like maybe it should have been put around a little differently. Just heard that Pat Buck, who just recently left WWE, was around backstage at AEW Dynamite. Hmm. Interesting. 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 Ryan Martin says it's super frustrating to see how AEW's women are being booked. I was dumbfounded seeing Kiara Hogan sitting in the baddie section. She's super talented and should be wrestling on TV. Well, hopefully this leads to that. Hopefully this leads to that. Yeah. She is very talented and she should be on TV. She's very, very good. Um, well, let me tell you the main event, those slaps, Alex, were threatening. And sometimes you need some threat protection. Oh. And NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered. How about this? Maybe Minoru Suzuki wants to watch his favorite shows from Japan, but he's over here in the States. He can't. He's geo-blocked. Not with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. But you know what? Oh, no. He's got to deal with that unsecured Wi-Fi when he's traveling. <gasps> A hotbed for hackers? Not with NordVPN.com slash Fightful and their threat protection. Blocks online trackers, malware, and annoying pop-up ads. You better believe that Minoru Suzuki is going to have to... Sl he'd slap his monitor with those pop-up ads. He'd break it. Not with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, the fastest VPN in the world. Not only that, you get a great deal and an additional month free. But if that wasn't enough for you, how about a 30-day money-back guarantee? You don't like it for any reason? Maybe you love pop-ups. You're like, I miss those things. Well... NordVPN.com slash Fightful will give you your money back. No questions asked. Works on all your devices, laptop, desktop, PC, router, TV, phone, all that good stuff. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I truly use this every day. Change your virtual location with just one click. It's a good time. Not only that, you can get pay-per-views much cheaper overseas. We're getting upsold here, man. Now with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Main event. James Barr says, Kaze ni nare. Great match. 
Ricardo the bot guy says, Joe and murdered grandpa abused each other. They sure did. First off, we get Bobby Cruz doing the ring announcing. Great touch for the ROH TV title. This match was them slapping each other a whole lot, and that's exactly what it needed to be, Alex. My God, it was just that. It was just them chopping each other for like the first three minutes of the match to the point where I was like, did, did I miss it? And they said it was an I quit match where only strikes are legal. Like nobody took a bump for the first five minutes. It was just them slapping the crap out of each other. The, like you, they, they looked like both men's chests were raw hamburger. Um, this, this was great. And another one of those things of like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that we're going to have Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki in New Orleans? For the ROH TV title. Imagine even saying that six months ago. It's just crazy. I I I thought this was amazing. And and it's it's a it's a perfect um uh, like you know, like the contrasts and styles make magic. Sorry, yes. make make matches. This these two guys have very similar styles, and it also made magic. I just love like Joe casually returning to work after two years and just, <laughs> just wail away at people after not doing it for so long. Samoa Joe wins the match. Minoru Suzuki, you got to imagine he's probably pretty happy to come in, win a title, get a spot on Dynamite. New yep. Japan's probably pretty happy with that as well. Like, I mean, this is this furthers their, their relationship. Ain't no shame in losing to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, I, and here's the thing. I kind of wondered, I'm like, man, I know maybe, maybe it's just me being ridiculous, but I was like, is he going to lose this? Because him as ROH TV champ, they're going to do that. Well, yeah, they are going to do that because yeah. he's the ROH TV champ. So let's talk about that. Not him being the TV champ. Hit the muscle buster. One. Hit the muscle buster. He won. Good, great finish. Always going to love the muscle buster. Jay Lethal comes out with a gift. I I popped when he opened the box and it was his middle finger. It was, I'm stupid and immature. I don't care. Lights off, lights <laughs> on. Now listen, my first of my first taste of not liking lights off, lights on in AEW was Dark Order, because for the first however long a Dark Order, it was not good, and nobody in that venue knew who they were. Now they do, but nobody did. And I am of the belief when you do lights off, lights on, it should be someone that makes people go, "Oh shit," or "Ooh." Damn, like they're mad. It needs to elicit an emotion. This elicited indifference and just come on, oh. really? Yeah, it didn't elicit indifference. It was like I, they, the people in the arena had the exact same reaction I had on my couch, which was this oh no, 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 what are you doing? Like this is this is the thing the Bad. other this is the thing the other place does where they bring in a big guy just because he's big, and like like I, I understand that like don't compare him to Great Kali or whatever because it's because he just because he's the same nationality it's racist or xenophobic or whatever fine I'll compare him to Commander Aziz he's a big guy who we who just the, just watching him walk around the ring in a suit Omos tell, Giant he, Gonzalez any whatever. any number of any those number guys. of people who we've Kurgan. seen Kurgan the Kurgan any giant guy who who looks like he's very awkward walking around because big, people that large aren't usually very coordinated 
He didn't look good tonight. He did not look good. He didn't look good tonight. We'll see if he's some kind of prodigy in the ring. But also the fact that they they he have him attack Joe from behind. He gets rolled out to the ring, gets rolled back into the ring. And then what does he do to Joe? The squish your head thing. Listen, listen. The squish your I head thing, that's, hate the, squish the your cranium head thing crunch. The the it's the worst. Thing is the worst. It's stupid. Hey, Joe, move your head, buddy. You have never seen the cranium crunch work in a real fight. In an MMA fight, it has never worked. I don't care how damn big they are. You know who used to do MMA? Giant Silva. You know how many wins he has by cranium crunch? Zero. Big fat zero, buddy. None. None. This was bad. Ron Reese. It wasn't good. Wasn't good. Just stop bringing in people for the sake of them being tall. And I know that's me cutting into my own business right there. Sullen says that ending went down like a fart in a lift. It was unanimously loathed online, as it should have been. This was one of the worst dynamite closers that I've seen. Especially after that match where everyone's so excited for Samoa Joe to be there in ROH, to have a match with Minoru Suzuki, to win the ROH television championship. And then that's where you decide to debut a big stiff in a suit. Like, I don't care what nationality he is. I'll go to Great colleagues because he also used the big the, the big yep. squish your head thing. The head vice. But, but, but any, anybody, you could pick anybody over seven feet who can't work. I don't, I don't need to see those guys in wrestling ever again. If they can work, fine. If they can't, get them out. Especially in AEW, which is supposed to be the place that doesn't do this kind of bullshit. So, uh, guys, for those of you who want a little background on Satnam Singh, who we haven't named, he's 7'3", almost 300 pounds. He was drafted in the second round by the Dallas Mavericks in 2015. Never ended up making it to the NBA. Uh, He went to the D-League and, quite frankly, or the G-League, rather. And when you are a 7'3 guy and you are shooting 33 and 43% from the field, uh, which the field is two feet away from the rim for you, you're not going to last long. He did not last long. Uh, this trajectory is very similar to Giant Gonzalez, yeah, who was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. And they were like, well, we got him in the Turner family. We might as well just keep him around. Um, Satnam Singh had a tryout with WWE in 2017. Uh, something tells me it was not a blow them away and offer him a deal like Jade Cargill type of situation. They, they signed commander a snooze. So like, you know what I mean? Like they, they, but, I mean, they, listen, they, they, they also guys. didn't, they didn't. Yeah. They also didn't sign Wheeler Yuta. So well, I mean, like, like I'm saying like they, some so occasionally they like really big, big guys who do walk around all stiff. So, I mean, I don't know. Listen, just, I love walking around all stiff, buddy. Like you ain't get no argument out of me for there. Um, he was signed in September by AEW. So we're going October, November, December, January, February, March, April, seven months after being signed. I, I hope he's not wrestling. Um, maybe I, Hey, you want to get him some reps on some dark matches and ROH dark matches, get him his reps. Maybe he'll turn into something. 
I don't know what he showed that that made them go, this was it. This was it. Because this takes heat away from Lethal and Dutt and Joe. And and by proxy, Suzuki as well. Allen says, the ending was bowling shoe ugly. ROH is war. That's funny. Zero Fear says, one bad ending uh, to Raw and SmackDown's 50. I'll give a pass to Tony. He listens. He does listen. And he is very... Um, I don't want to say sensitive to criticism. He's very responsive to criticism. Uh, I think that's a better better way to put it. I don't think if you criticize somebody, you shouldn't expect a response, either verbally or non-verbally. So Christian says, I don't know why I was thinking CSRO was, oh, that's Cesaro, was debuting tonight. I mean, if you go lights off, lights on, I would think more Cesaro than, than Satnam Singh. <sighs> I just want to say good for Kurgan. He's made a great film career out of out of things. He, you know what? He had more charisma than than he showed in WWE. You never know. Nathan never Jones know. too. Eloquent says they shouldn't use the lights out to debut someone nobody knows. Show was overall really good. Team Taz match slapped. Uh, that's from Eloquent. I completely agree. It should be from somebody who is going to elicit a reaction. Yes, and it. And I don't mean one that makes people go, oh, I'm not that excited to watch whatever follows this up. I get it. They got a loaded week. They had three big shows, but I don't need this. Guys, we're heading down the home stretch. Get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats. Please leave a thumbs up. And remember, we got that Adam Cole interview dropping tomorrow, but FightfulSelect.com. We're breaking news there every day. It's the most direct way to support what we do, and I promise you'll like it. Chris Rain says, thought my TV got switched to Raw for that ending. Nathan DePaul says, the ending was a Javier Baez type swing and miss. Hope Tony can audible. At least he has a good track record of doing that. You know what I'd do, Alex? And it's a Samoa Joe, what would I do? Dan Matha. Yep. You remember that? Yes. They aired vignettes for him, and they're like, Dan Matha. Dan Matha. All right, well... And then he came out, and I think it was Joe, yeah. just beat the fuck out of him, and he was never on TV again. <laughs> yeah. There was there was the time where, where Joe was, like, begging for a rematch with Shinsuke Nakamura, and he was like, Regal, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill everybody who comes down to this ring until you give me my match. And Don Matha came down for his for his big debut, and, and Samoa Joe just strode down to the ring, and Matha was like, who the hell are you? And Samoa Joe just murdered him. Yeah, let's let's do that. Like, let's call an audible and realize that this isn't going to work out, and have Samoa Joe murder this big dude. Like, if they would have went full Mysterio and had like the blood squirting out of out of his mouth, like they did with Kali that one time. Oh, Jesus. Mark Quill says, based on certain things about the ending, this isn't this is going to turn into an impromptu episode of Sour Graps, isn't it? <laughs> This is probably the most negative episode of Dynamite it, that we've is, reviewed since in, in probably two years. Alex. I, I, I will say that to me, this this feels like aside from the Dark Order thing when they missed all the punches or whatever. Yeah. But like to form because for that, like I didn't I didn't mind that much. It was whatever. This to me is the worst three minutes or however long it was in AEW Dynamite history. Yeah, it and just, we it just. We covered some rough dynamites at the end of 2019, early yeah. 2020. And yeah. Tony Khan had said, he's like, man, he's like, I saw the reaction. 
and I decided to change things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Evan Wright says he hasn't had a match. Why are we calling audibles? Watch the segment fella. Joseph says this was Joe's first ROH TV title too. It was yeah. a shame how it ended like this. Oh man. Yeah. That's the thing I like. Like there's going to be a whole lot of people that have the opportunity to sort of add to their Wikipedia accomplishments page here. And that makes me very happy as well, because like thinking of it. Yeah. I mean, he held the world title and the pure title. Now he's got the TV title. Yeah. Shot kid says indifferent on the ending. Enjoyed the rest of the episode. My thing is that apathetic reaction better be a wake up call to Tony for the women's division. There are a couple of reactions, the reaction to the Marina segment, and the reaction to the Satnam Singh thing, got to take note of it. Yeah, it's different when Dan Lambert's out there. You can justify it a little bit more when there people are like "boo" like yeah. that. You can chalk it up to well, it's just the Twitter minority when they're out there getting heat. People didn't like this. Yeah, and you know, as Reggie says, this dynamite was really good. Three it's minutes true. don't negate that. It's true. Yes, I am. I am fully willing to admit. Dynamite is graded. Dynamite is held to a much higher standard. Yeah. No, that, that, like, honestly, if the show just goes off the air when Samoa Joe wins the title and we don't get the rest of the rest of the night, it, it's, it's a really highly rating, uh, highly rated dynamite for me. The problem I have with dynamites and, and this one is the fact that women don't get time. But if, like, yeah. somehow, if you can excise that from everything, I thought we got three really great tag matches. We got Punk versus Pentagon. Like we we got this Joe versus Suzuki dream match. Like it was a really great dynamite. And then they did this thing at the end, which which soured me on that particular part, but not the rest of it. Nerd Guru says, please tell me they're not gonna make Samojo wrestle this big stack of Von Wagner. <laughs> uh he's already injury prone, so maybe don't do that. It should be a squash. And you know what? If it is, again, yeah. that's the thing I'll look at and I'll go, well, they still shouldn't have done lights off, lights on. Yes. But if he wants to crush him and send him packing for a while, sure. Shot Kid says, wasn't he suggested by Cody and to give him the benefit of the doubt? Maybe TK figured, we have him signed. Let's figure out something for him. Like I said, if that something is, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a rib. Maybe it's an act. And he's actually this super athletic sure. dude. I think there's a good story in somebody coming out like that and then showing oh shit, they can really wrestle. That's horrifying. Who's teaching them how to wrestle? Oh, that's even more horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like, does it look like that right now? No. Uh, they have earned the right to let it play out a little bit more, but I don't have to like it in the moment. We do this show every week, friends. <laughs> so you know what we can do? We can let it play out while yeah. still hating it in the interim. Yep. You know, I, I watched the Katie Vick stuff back last month. It was hilarious. It was so funny. You know why it was funny? Because I didn't have to cover it next week. Because I didn't have to sit through it on a Monday night. Because I could go back 20 years later and listen to Triple H say, Burt Little Wiener, because that was funny. But it probably wasn't going to be something that I liked at the time because I would have had to sit through that shit. Yeah. Ryan says, the ending fell flat for me. After a big win for Joe, they should have went off the air with Joe's title win and not debut uh, to someone no one knows. Super frustrating. Yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, maybe they could have even done that off the air and then shown it on Rampage or yeah. something. 
wait and see how the crowd reacts. But I mean, that's with the benefit of hindsight. Yep. Oh, Elite Dan says, I'm seeing Maria Canellas tweeting a lot tonight, like her asking who's everyone's favorite in AEW. Have you heard anything about her being brought in? I know uh, Will Washington, who was in attendance at tonight's AEW, the great Will Washington uh, of Grapsity, check it out every Saturday, says um, that, that, or he asked Tony Khan, and Tony said, I'd be willing to have a conversation with her. I just got to find out what she does. Yeah. Warren says, uh, He's training at the Nightmare Factory with QT. Well, that sucks for him. I'm sorry uh, that he's got to train with QT. Uh, QT's a great trainer, just the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But he says Baron Black, who I love, is a big supporter and says he will surprise people in the ring. Really athletic. Again, I think there's a good story to be told. And a guy that you think is this sure. uncoordinated coordinated dude, and all of a sudden he pulls out something crazy. Baron Black is a pretty good judge of talent. But Alex... You're here. You do sour graps. It's on Fightful Select. People should subscribe. Yeah, they should. Um, on Friday, I'll do a, do one after uh, um, after SmackDown and Rampage. Well, you you'll do one with Kate. Then I'll do one on myself talking about SmackDown and whatever the heck they're gonna do with that. Uh, and then I'm probably gonna be around for the for the uh, for the Battle of the Belts on on Saturday show, and then back on Monday with with Raw and Tuesday. NXT is just humming along down its slow path down the drain. NXT is so, so hey, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun. We always do. The post show still makes money, so you all got to do it. <laughs> That's all I got to tell you. There we go. Oh, man. Guys, thank you all so much. Please leave us a thumbs up. A reminder, noon Eastern Thursday, Adam Cole. How about this? Noon Eastern Friday, Juice Robinson, who uh, made some waves today. He's finishing up with New Japan. I will have more details on him finishing up with New Japan because there are a lot of retirement rumors surrounding him right now. I'm going to clear the air about that on Fightful Select on Thursday. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.